Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day. If you are a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit first strategies and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. Today, we are going to tackle the most critical step of implementing profit first that often causes great pause in the business owners who have read profit first and have declared they are all in, but sometimes lack the confidence to commit to the reality that there is a greater disparity between their total revenue and real revenue. Most services-based businesses unless they're using subcontractors to deliver their services, often have a very close total revenue to real revenue number. For the rest of you, with businesses that have modest or significant material costs and or significant or modest subcontractor costs, this episode will help you get to your real revenue number, which is the base number from which you will calculate your current allocation percentages so that you can truly implement profit first in your business. So let's tackle the number one most frequently asked question. Is real revenue the same as gross profit? No, real revenue is not the same as gross profit. Gross profit nets out the expense of cost of goods sold, also referred to as the acronym COGS. In accounting, cost of goods sold is inclusive of materials, subcontractors, employee labor, project costs, for example, travel, inclusive of hotels, airfare for a project, as well as ancillary costs, such as shipping. Gross profit, according to generally accepted accounting principles, is the total revenue, which is all of your sales, minus cost of goods sold. Real revenue, which is the figure we use as the basis for your allocation percentages in Profit First, is a more objective and simplified calculation. Real revenue equals total sales minus materials and minus subcontractors, period. Real revenue is real simple and very clear to delineate. Employee labor project costs, and ancillary costs are not deducted in the calculation of real revenue. They may be considered cost of goods sold, but your real revenue determination 
is not all inclusive necessarily of all of your cost of goods sold on your accounting reports. Your real revenue is total sales minus materials and minus subcontractors. In advanced profit first, many businesses with materials and subcontractor costs deposit their accounts receivables, the money that you get paid by your customers, into their accounts payable account. Their accounts payable account is not their operating expense or OPEX account. Their accounts payable account is the account they exclusively use to pay their material vendors and subcontractors from. Here are two specific examples. An auto repair shop is our first example. They know that their material costs, specifically auto parts in their business, are 25% of their total sales. So when they get paid, which equates to their accounts receivables, that money is actually deposited into their accounts payable account. In this case, because their parts vendors do not offer payment terms, they need to turn that parts money quickly to buy more parts. So on Mondays and Thursdays, they take the total that has accumulated in their accounts payable account and they net out the sales tax collected and sweep the sales tax dollars collected into their sales tax sweep account. That money's not theirs. They should never touch it. Then, since their materials expense of parts is 25%, they keep 25% in their accounts payable account to pay their vendors for more parts. And they transfer the rest, which equates to about 75%, into their income account and then let that income account continue to accumulate until their designated profit first allocation day. If you are like me and a highly visual person who likes to see concepts in diagrams and technocolor, then head to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on the resources button. You will get free access to our resources page where we have PDFs of Profit First Basic and Profit First Advanced Allocation Flows, along with videos where we walk you through step-by-step with corresponding graphics, so you have another helpful channel to aid your understanding of what we are covering right now on this episode. Here's another slightly different example of how advanced Profit First strategies are used to help you net out your materials and or subcontractors' costs. This is actually how we do it in one of our companies. When we get paid by a client in our material supply business, in this business, our average accounts receivable invoice is $15,000 and may be considered on the high side since we exclusively work on large commercial construction projects. Anywho, when we get paid, we have a checklist we follow to process that accounts receivable payment. Our enterprise resource planning software, or ERP for short, in this case, it's called BizTrack, tells us exactly what our materials costs are on each client invoice. And obviously we know exactly what the sales tax was because it's also on the invoice. We sell mostly in California where tragically there are too many sales tax rates to count. So noting the proper amounts on the checklist allows us to transfer the correct amounts to our sales tax sweep account and also lets us have an easy audit trail which is nice to know it's baked into our standard operating procedures. But thankfully, we haven't had to manually audit things. 
maybe because we follow a checklist every time we process a payment from a customer. And to be honest, it's not a maybe because of the checklist. It's absolutely because we have a checklist that every payment is processed correctly. Again, if you head to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources, you will have access to the video where we go through this with the actual checklist we use in our business. Continuing on the topic of real revenue, let's answer some questions from our Profit First Nation. Our first question comes from Molly W. in Denver, Colorado. Molly asks, I'm trying to figure out the target allocation percentage for my agency. 20% of our OpEx in our accounting software is really cost of goods, meaning money we pay out for media buys on behalf of clients. Should those count in our OpEx or would those expenses be considered materials and or subcontractors? And to account for that difference, would I remove that cost from my OpEx to correctly calculate our real revenue figure? Thank you for the question, Molly. And I'm delighted to say, bingo, Molly, you are exactly correct. The media expenses you pay for on behalf of your clients is not your money. So yes, you would categorize your media expenses as materials and or subcontractor expenses, and you would subtract these media expenses from your total revenue to get your real revenue number. It is your real revenue number that serves as the foundation for your allocation percentages. Our second question comes from Jeff M. in Nova Scotia, Canada. Jeff's email starts, I am on chapter six of Profit First and I am stoked. I think I've already recommended it to about five other business owners in my circle, insert LOL according to him. I've already filed to open my new bank accounts and I am all in. I own a retail sporting goods store. It has been our family business for over 70 years. Profit First speaks to me because when I bought the business from my family 10 years ago, we were at 1.7 million in gross revenue with approximately net 5% for our bottom line. Over the last few years, we were able to grow the business to over 3.4 million in annual sales. The problem, I built a cash eating machine that now only has a 1.5% net profit on our income statement. To top it all off, we are cash poor and living in our overdraft approximately eight to nine months of the year. He inserted another LOL and it's his, not mine. I am all in on profit first. I'm going to start on Monday as soon as the accounts are open. We are a retail products and service-based business. We pay wholesale and sell for retail. In terms of getting to my real revenue number, is that simply my gross profit number on my income statement? Which number should I be using to pull my current allocation percentages from? Jeff goes on to include some specific figures. Top line sales are $3 million. Cost of goods is $1.92 million and in parentheses, Jeff notes, wholesale costs, and his gross profit is 1.08 million. Additionally, Jeff notes that all other expenses, including wages, come off the gross profit on the products sold. Jeff concludes with, hoping you can help with this. 
Actually, Jeff, you may only be on chapter six, but you are a quick learner with an astute attention to detail. So yes, you have got this nailed. In your specific case, you have only counted your materials cost, the wholesale price you pay for the sporting goods you sell as cost of goods sold, and not added any other expenses in your cost of goods sold. So yes, in your specific case, what you have presented with the numbers provided when you take total top line sales minus your wholesale costs for the merchandise you sell, that is your real revenue number. And it happens to match your gross profit in your accounting system because you have the same methodology. Remember Profit First Nation, cost of goods sold is a wild card of sorts in your accounting system. Some businesses keep their cost of goods very simply to just materials and subcontractor expenses. And other businesses, or maybe because of the influence of your bookkeeper or accountant, may have beefed up your cost of goods sold to include employee labor costs, ancillary expenses like shipping, or lots of other operating expenses in that first section on your income statement where your software calculates your gross profit. We are not recommending or prescribing any changes to your current accounting of cost of goods sold. We are just pointing out that it is important to understand what constitutes your cost of goods sold, and please do not assume your gross profit is your real revenue number. In some financials, you may have material and some contractor costs in your operating expenses of your business dive into exactly what your business is posting as cost of goods sold and dive into your operating expenses to make sure that these are not material costs or subcontractor costs, or in Molly's case, client media costs disguised as operating expenses when you're trying to calculate your real revenue number. And by no means am I trying to scare you about peeling back the layers of your financials. It's your business, my friend, and it's 100% your responsibility. If errors are made by your bookkeeper or accountant, the IRS does not hold your bookkeeper or accountant liable. You, my fellow entrepreneurial friend, are on the hook to the IRS because you are the owner. Your signature is on the tax returns. The liabilities are all yours, 100%. So dive in now. Do not wait. Every day you put off figuring out the real revenue number of your business is another day you are bleeding out your profit. You are no longer an ostrich with your head buried in the sand when it comes to your company's financials. You, my entrepreneurial friend, have drawn a line in the sand. You are no longer in that 83% land of head buried in the sand entrepreneurs. You are a 17 percenter with a proven system to manage the cash in your business. You are all in on profit first. On a quick side note to Jeff in Nova Scotia, based on your comment about living in overdraft eight to nine months per year, it sounds like your business is a typical retail business where your sales are seasonal. My first client in my first business was service merchandise. And at the time, they were the largest retailer of diamonds and watches. Wow, am I dating myself. 
Anywho, 60% of their jewelry sales were in Q4. And of course, February for Valentine's Day and May with Mother's Day were great for them. But the other seven months of the year were actually money-losing months. So what we recommend in advanced Profit First is leveraging a drip account to get you through those slower and somewhat more brutal months. At this point, we are already shoulder deep into the real revenue topic on this episode. So we will save drip accounts for another episode. So back to our regularly scheduled programming on the topic of real revenue. And let's go for the trifecta in terms of questions on this topic of real revenue. Our final question on the topic comes from Mateo C. in Costa Rica. Mateo writes, I just completed reading Profit First and we are about to embark on its implementation. In parentheses, Mateo writes, I know should have started implementing in chapter one. And you're right, Mateo. We are a small slash medium thin tech firm based in Costa Rica, specializing in point of sale financing. We originate revolving credit lines and keep the loans we underwrite on our balance sheet. For this reason, we have the particularity of incurring cost of credit originating from write-off if the account is more than 180 days delinquent, which is really the crux of our question on how to treat it. In our business, we have outstanding lines of credit with local banks to finance our underwriting. So for the initial assessment to calculate real revenue, we subtracted cost of credit and financing expenses in order to obtain our real revenue. Big disappointment there. We are half the size we thought we really were. For that reason, when setting up our accounts, we are debating on setting up two other accounts, one for loan disbursements and another one for bank repayments since that money isn't ours. Our thought out flow is below with a great diagram, by the way. We would greatly appreciate some feedback tips for implementation specific to financial companies on how to plan for our revolving line repayment and cost of credit. Also wanted to give a big shout out to Mike for his book because it opened our eyes on the inefficiencies we incur and how to start thinking differently. Thanks beforehand and best regards, Mateo. Wow, Mateo, great questions. And since I'm a visual person, I appreciated the diagram you shared with your question. Mateo actually has also shared a great tip here. When figuring out, sketch it out. What are the sources of cash into your business and what are the categories that cash exits your business? So when figuring this out, sketch it out. Without getting into the weeds, yes, Mateo, sounds like you were correct in how you calculated your real revenue. For the initial assessment, you subtracted cost of credit and financing expenses to get at your real revenue. And you're gonna set up two accounts to specifically address that cash. In terms of how you treat your cost of credit from write-off, well, your business is responsible for paying the debt if the consumer defaulted. So you need to come up with the cash to repay the bank. So we would recommend adding a profit-first allocation account to your core five accounts where you are allocating cash specifically for the intention of paying off the bad debts. For easy math, if your real revenue is $1 million per year and on average $50,000 of your consumer loans default on an annual basis, then you owe the banks $50,000. 
to cover that debt that the consumer, your customer, defaulted on. And that $50,000 equates to 5% of your $1 million in total real revenue. So when you calculate your allocation percentages by account, we would recommend adding a defaulted repayment account, which you allocate money to with each allocation at a rate of 5% per allocation. Additionally, this visibility of seeing how much of your cash is going to pay someone else's debt will help you more proactively manage these losses because these losses could grow unchecked and start really eating away at your profits, undermine your owner's pay, and or thwart your tax account. This is an expense you need to stay on top of and proactively minimize. So as we wrap up this episode, I would like to first point out, in all three questions from our Profit First Nation on the topic of real revenue, each and every business owner was correct in their calculation of real revenue. Yay! They followed what the book said, total revenue minus materials minus subcontractors equals real revenue. Please, please, please do not assume your gross profit on your income statement is your real revenue. In Molly's case, that would have been an incorrect assumption. Molly was astute. She plucked her head out of the sand to own her company's financials, and she dove into all of her expenses and found her 20% of media expenses, which her customers pay her to place and pay for in her company's operating expenses on their income statement. Dave from Nova Scotia only had his wholesale purchases in his cost of goods sold. So in his case, his gross profit happened to also be his real revenue. And for Mateo, he had a sobering wake-up call that his business was not as big as he thought it was. They were caught up in the total revenue number when they figured the real revenue number, then things got real. They also discovered that they were not properly allocating money to cover the costs of the credit that their customers default on that become their expense or burden to pay back to the bank from their income. Your top two takeaways from this episode are, number one, when you peel back the categories and expenses on your income statement to determine your real revenue, you are doing it correctly. Let Molly, Jeff, and Mateo serve as your inspiration. They did it correctly, and so can you, my entrepreneurial friend. And number two, keeping your head in the sand with regards to figuring out your real revenue number is costing you dearly. It is robbing you of profit. It is time to get real and calculate your real revenue number now. There was a lot of detail in this episode, so please visit ProfitFirstNation.com and click on resources to access graphics and videos specific to this episode and the examples discussed. Additionally, if you would like to work directly with a certified Profit First professional bookkeeper, accountant, or coach, then again, go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact where you'll be able to connect with a certified Profit First professional. Thank you, Profit First Nation, for being a 17 percenter and an entrepreneur who owns the financials of the business they own. 
Nonprofit First Nation's website, social media accounts, and related podcasts are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.